I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, you want to know about carbs. Are carbs bad? Should I eat them? Especially, will they make me fat? That's what you want to know, isn't it? Okay, well, today we're going to talk all about carbohydrates. What are they? What do they do? Are they bad? Should you avoid them? And do carbs make us fat? Stay tuned. Welcome to True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Charcot, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor. Here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello, friends. So, of course, of course, of course, for years and years, we've been hearing about how we need to just chuck the carbs. Carbs are evil. Carbs are bad. We have to avoid them. And that only diets that are free of carbs and deny carbs are good and healthy for your body. Well, is that true? Or is this just another food rule that's unfounded by science and causes unnecessary restriction, unnecessary angst, unnecessary guilt when you don't keep that rule? Well, okay, we need to talk about this. We've been hearing about things that kind of vilify carbs to some degree. Diets like keto or even paleo. Years ago, there was Atkins. Even something like gluten-free, which is a therapeutic diet for people who need it, has been used as kind of for everybody. And that gluten-free really means no grains. So it's not even fully understood to that degree. So all of these diets, all of these food rules out there, are they true? Can we trust them? Should we be following suit? Well, first of all, I think in order to answer all these questions, we need to first discuss carbohydrates themselves. What are carbs? Well, carbohydrates are actually just molecules that are made up of three elements, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. That's it. That's a carbohydrate. You can kind of get it from the word. So you have the carbo, meaning carbon, and then hydrate, meaning water. And what's water? Water is hydrogen and oxygen. So carbon, hydrogen, oxygen equals your carbohydrate. That's it. So that doesn't sound so bad, does it? No, of course not. Now, carbohydrates are one of the only three sources of energy for your body. Energy only comes to your body in three sources, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And these are called the macronutrients. Are you here? Macros. And this is the first in a mini-series I'm doing on the macronutrients. So today we're talking about carbs, and over the next several weeks, there are a couple other shows in between, but over the next several weeks, there'll be podcasts on protein and fat. Now, I do want to add in here that alcohol that you drink is technically also an energy source. It does provide actually quite a punch of energy to your body, but it doesn't have any other nutrients. It's not considered a macronutrient. But I'm, I'm kind of emphasizing that there are three energy sources I wanted to throw in there, that alcohol actually is an energy source, it's just not a nutritious one. And so I'm not going to really be talking about that at all in the macronutrient 
uh, mini-series here. So I just wanted to mention that there is a fourth energy source, but really all of your energy comes from carbs, proteins, and fats through your foods on a regular basis. And that's it. You don't get energy for your body or fuel for your cells in any other ways than those I just mentioned. So you can start to see that carbohydrates are kind of important. In fact, carbohydrates are the body's main energy source. Carbohydrates come from and exist in all plants. So our main food source of carbohydrates are plants. Carbohydrates are also in dairy products in the form of lactose, which is the milk sugar, and milk and dairy products are really the only other significant source of carbohydrate for us, but the majority of our carbohydrates do come from plant foods. And since I'm trying to discuss whether or not carbs are actually bad and we should avoid them, now you know me by now, I want to know what God clearly intends. And God clearly intended carbohydrates to be an important, if not a primary, food source. We see this in a couple different ways. First, in what we call specific revelation or scripture, we can see that back in Genesis 2, it says, and God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with its seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. In fact, there's not even mention of animal eating until after God has to slaughter an animal to cover the sin of the fall. Okay, so that's we see that in specific revelation that God encourages uh, that the plants are your food. Next, there's the general revelation or what we call creation accounts. So we can look into creation to see and learn about God. We need the specific revelation of scripture to know the gospel and to know God well and to know about God. But in general revelation or creation, we can even see God's design for carbohydrate foods or plant foods in photosynthesis and how that is symbiotic with our human respiration. So think back, think back to high school or maybe junior high. Plants take in sunlight and carbon dioxide and water, and they convert that into glucose. Glucose is the main carbohydrate that we eat that's used by our bodies. Now in God's work, what's amazing is that he made those plants, making those carbohydrates, out of sunlight, carbon dioxide, and water for us to eat. We, in turn, we eat those carbohydrates, which remember, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And in turn, we exhale carbon dioxide, which the plants need to use to make, again, more carbohydrates through photosynthesis. So this symbiotic relationship is clearly not a mistake. It's a beautiful and wonderful creation of God, which also supports that eating carbohydrates, eating those plants is part of God's creation. Third, I want to mention that carbs are a good gift from God. Yep. Whoop, whoop. I love carbs. So in fact, if you think about it, the specific foods often mentioned as both blessings and promises to his people are carbohydrate-based foods, right? So you get the bread and honey and even milk. So I just find that very interesting. God made those carbohydrate foods first in the garden, and he also uses them to bless us. So let's not be afraid of carbs, and certainly let's not vilify them. We don't want to call what God has said good, evil. 
And I hope you're starting to get a little encouraged about carbs. All of you who've been missing out on your carbs for years and listening to all of these external rules that may or may not have anything to do with science. We're getting there though. Let's continue. I know you really want to get down to me answering your questions, but I just, I think we need to do a little more of the science stuff before we get to the questions. So let's start with the fact that we've learned what carbohydrates are, but we can also talk about the different categories of carbohydrates. So there are different types of carbohydrates. And now while they all provide glucose for energy to our bodies we can break them down into two main categories. And one, you've heard the term complex carbohydrates, undoubtedly. That's one category. The other is simple carbohydrates. Okay, so carbohydrates, we can break down into complex and simple carbohydrates. Let's talk about complex for a minute. Those that can be broken down further into starches and fibers. Now, starches are found in whole grains, in wheat, in corn, rice, beans, uh, root vegetables like your potatoes. And so these are all very good sources of starch. And these are a very efficient source of that glucose for our bodies. Now that other complex carbohydrate category is fiber. Fiber is just so, so important to your overall health. And the more time that goes by and the more scientific research and health science that comes about, we learn just all of the varied of functions of fiber in our bodies, and they really are very important. But what fiber is, it's the non-digestible parts of carbohydrates that are found in the plants. So this type of carbohydrate, the fiber, it cannot be broken down into glucose for energy like the rest of the carbohydrates are. It's actually the supporting structures within the plants and the plant cell walls. So when you think of the type of foods that you're probably eating um, in regard to fiber, Think about the fruits and vegetables and the skins on them or the outer layers of grains that are often removed during processing and refining. Say, you know, the wheat flour, whole wheat flour versus white flour or the brown rice versus the white rice. And so even though fibers, they don't provide glucose or energy, as I said, they perform many, many other very valuable functions for our health. They also slow down the process of digestion. So when you eat a glucose-producing carbohydrate and it also contains fiber, that fiber helps those sugars to not be absorbed so quickly into the bloodstream. It also means that your meals that contain fiber are more filling and then they're going to stay more filling for longer. Okay, so that's complex carbohydrates, the starches and the fibers. But we said there's also simple carbohydrates. So let's talk about simple carbohydrates. These are the ones that are particularly vilified. And these take the forms of two things. One, naturally occurring sugars, which we find in fruit, some vegetables, and dairy. They are naturally occurring in their food and in their complete package of the whole food together. Whereas the other simple carbohydrate which is concentrated or added sugars, are just that. They're added, and they're not naturally occurring in the food or the beverage we're consuming. These concentrated or added sugars are things like table sugar, brown sugar, even raw sugar, honey, maple syrup, molasses, corn syrup, many, many others. 
Now, there's this misconception that honey or maple syrup or something more of a liquid naturally occurring somewhat sugar is more healthful, more beneficial, and has less weight gain potential than something like your white table sugar. Well, it does not have less weight gain potential. Sugar is a sugar is a sugar. They all have the same amount of calories or energy per gram. And in case you're wondering, that's four. However, the darker forms of these concentrated sugars may have more antioxidants in it, but that really just depends on how the color got there. Was it naturally occurring? Was it added? You know, was it just cooked longer? So in that way, it could have a minor effect, you know, using a dark honey versus a table sugar, but overall, sugar is sugar. And so it's not going to affect weight. So whether you're giving up your white granulated sugar and you're using honey instead, thinking it's somehow going to prevent extra calories, it's not actually. Okay, so simple carbohydrates, both the naturally occurring and the concentrated or added sugars, they do the same thing as complex carbohydrates. They provide glucose for the body to use as energy. However, the simple carbohydrates, they're broken down into that glucose a lot faster than the complex carbs are. So this can affect blood sugar levels, which would be particularly concerning for people who have diabetes. So I also want to address a newer, I think, I think newer carb rule I'm hearing out there now. I've been hearing that people are afraid to eat fruit because it contains sugars, and they assume that this is a bad thing. Well, first of all, Sugar is not a bad thing. Second of all, fruit is a naturally occurring sugar or contains a naturally occurring sugar. And it's usually eaten in its very own package. So when the fruit is eaten whole or in its own package, it has a lot of fiber in it. So yes, you're getting the fruit sugars, but since they're nicely packaged in a way that slows down that digestion because it's wrapped in its own fibers, it also isn't flooding your bloodstream as it would say if I drank um, you know, a can of Coke. Fruit also contains many, many, many nutrients as well. So please don't be afraid of fruit. It is very nutritious and it carries a lot of benefits. Okay, so we talked about what technically carbs are and we talked about the different types of carbohydrates. Now let's talk about what they're doing in your body, which is probably really more the reason that you would be listening to this podcast to begin with, as I said, carbohydrates break down into glucose. And glucose is not only a fuel source for our bodies, it is the ideal fuel source and the most efficient fuel source for all the cells of your entire body. It's also the preferred fuel source of your brain, and it's the only fuel source for your red blood cells. So glucose is very, very, very important for life, for you to live. And carbohydrates are an efficient and direct source of that glucose. So I bet by now you might be starting to see the importance of carbohydrates in your food and that we really can't be vilifying an entire food group like carbohydrates. Your body needs carbohydrates and the glucose they provide, or you will not be alive for very long. So don't be afraid of carbohydrates. I hope I've made the case that they are important. Now, carbohydrates are not just bread and pasta and white rice. And I really think that's more of what people are talking about when they say they're going low carb or carb free or that carbs are bad. I think they're the reference is more towards a very particular type of carbohydrate. 
Carbohydrates, though, come from any plant foods and from dairy products. And in plant foods, they have so many other benefits other than just the energy from carbohydrates. And by the way, pasta comes from a grain. Bread comes from a grain. Those are plant foods. I'm not talking just about vegetables here. So all of these plant foods are where we're getting a lot of our vitamins, a lot of our minerals, and all of our fiber. And as I mentioned before, fiber is pretty important. They're also providing something called phytonutrients. Now, phytonutrients are just a bioactive chemical found in the plant to help the plant survive and do well. But the more research goes on, the more we're finding incredible benefits to the human body when we eat the different phytonutrients that are found in the full color range of all the fruits and vegetables, including white. And some of these benefits have to do with being antioxidants, some help fight cancer, many, many, many benefits of phytonutrients. So these only come from plants. In fact, phyto, the prefix there, means plant. So they're plant nutrients. Or you might have heard them called phytochemicals as well. Same thing. Now, of course, of course, when you're choosing your carbohydrates, of course, there are different levels and amounts of nutrition in your different options. Now, the closer the carbohydrate food is to its natural form, the more nutrients and as far as plants go, the more fiber it contains. A whole grain, a whole piece of fruit, a whole vegetable, they have far more benefits nutritionally than say a juice or a refined grain or supplements. Carbohydrates that have been more refined and are further away from that natural state, well, they've been stripped of nutrients to some degree, maybe not fully, but the further away from that natural state, the more nutrients that have been stripped. For example, whole grains still have a fibrous outer layer on them, whereas a refined grain, like a white flour, has had that fibrous layer removed. Here's some other examples. I know a lot of people like to give applesauce to their children. I remember I did. However, a, a whole apple is far more nutritious to give to your child because it contains the skin. And the skin contains two very nutritious things. One is fiber. I don't think I need to beat a dead horse. We like fiber. The other is phytonutrients, which I just talked about. And those phytonutrients can be seen in all the different pigments. So when you're taking off the skin and just grinding up the apple... We're missing some of that fiber and those phytonutrients. Now, of course, not all children can eat a whole apple with the skin. I got that. But if they are able, and that's just an example, adding in a whole fruit to their day or several is far better than a little pouch or a little cup of applesauce. Now, even less nutritious than applesauce would be apple juice because now you're only getting basically sugar water with a few of the vitamins and minerals. You're not even getting the fiber from the pulp of, you know, the meat of the apple. So you're not getting the full benefit of the fruit. So wherever possible, opt for yourself and for your children, as long as they're able to eat them as whole fruits, and you'll have a lot more benefit there. Another example is juicing. I know a lot of people like to juice their fruits and vegetables. Actually, it would be far more nutritious to just eat the fruits and vegetables. You have far more benefits health-wise from eating a whole fruit and a whole vegetable. But not only that, it also will be filling you up. So you're becoming satiated and you're able to stay fuller longer because now you're eating the fiber that's in the actual pulp of the fruit or the vegetable. Not to mention getting the full nutrients that are in some of those skins that are being thrown away. 
So again, when you hear a lot about getting rid of carbs or going very, very low carb, that's doing two things. One, it's taking out one of the major sources of energy to some degree, usually a great degree. And it's certainly taking out the most efficient source of the fuel that you need. Again, carbs are one of the only three sources of fuel for your body, except alcohol, but we're kind of ignoring that because there's no nutrients in alcohol and it's not a macronutrient. So this means that you're going to have to up the other macronutrients. If you're getting less carbohydrates, you're going to have to increase either protein or fat or both to meet your energy needs. That's not always a good thing. We'll talk more about those nutrients in future podcasts over the next several weeks. Since we're talking about the different levels of nutrition when you're making your carbohydrate choices, we mentioned that the closer the food is to its natural form, the more nutrients, the more fiber it contains. But the second thing I wanted to mention here is that if we eat a lot of fully refined or very highly refined carbohydrates or concentrated sugars, added sugar products, they can't provide our bodies with much more than just the straight energy. It's missing out on so much of the nutrition, not to mention much of the flavor and the texture. And there's also more energy in a refined mm, food product, let's say, refined carbohydrate product than one that's in its natural state. So think about it. Physical space is actually taken up by fiber in carbohydrate foods. So when those aren't there, that space is filled in with more of the glucose or energy producing refined carbs. So that means bite for bite, we consume more energy with the refined carbohydrate foods, such as you know drinking a sweetened beverage or eating something with really concentrated sweets, white flours versus higher fiber, whole wheat flours, etc. Now, please, 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 I don't want you to hear that I am saying that refined carbohydrates are, quote, bad, unquote, or that you should not be eating them. I don't want you to hear or interpret this as you're bad or irresponsible or you don't care about your health if you're eating refined carbohydrates. That would be a ridiculous food rule. It would be one that's hard to sustain and it would be a highly unnecessary one. I am simply giving you the nutrition data so that you can make the decisions that fit you and your lifestyle and your family in a way that works for you, that's sustainable for you while maybe bumping up the nutrients so that your body can feel good. Remember, though, choosing one type of carbohydrate over another, it's not a moral issue. It should not ever carry guilt or shame. Scriptures such as 1 Timothy 4.4, 1 Corinthians 10.30, discuss that all things are to be accepted and enjoyed if we're taking them with thanksgiving. If we're giving thanks to God for the food, they're for us to enjoy. It doesn't say only if it's in its whole form, don't you dare touch that bag of sugar and put it in anything. No, it doesn't say that. If we're giving thanks to God for what he's provided, we enjoy it. We thank him for it and we accept it. Now, if you do want to try incorporating the more naturally occurring forms of carbohydrates, I think that's great. I think you would feel a difference in your body over time. You're feeding your body with a lot more of what it needs and a lot less of that extemporaneous energy with nothing else attached to it. If you do try to do this, realize that you might not love the new food choice at first. You're probably not going to. So say you're used to eating white Wonder Bread. Well, the first time you have whole wheat bread, you're not going to like it. You're really not. <laughs> but don't quit. Don't quit because your taste preferences actually do 
adapt to new flavors. It's a really cool thing. So don't just give up after one try. And you don't have to go gung-ho, all or nothing, 100%. Maybe try wheat bread instead of whole wheat bread. It's got some wheat added into it um, before you jump all the way to whole wheat. You know, just trying step-by-step to get there or to increase the amounts, probably a better method than just all or nothing Anything that's that extreme, any kind of food rules you give yourself that's that extreme, you're probably not going to stick with it. So there's really no sense in trying it to begin with. And it might be detrimental because then you never want to try it again because you hated it, you know. So maybe introduce the more naturally occurring forms of carbohydrates in a more stepwise fashion, incorporating what you already like with some new nutrition bump-ups. I encourage you, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to try, try things, experiment, try new flavors, try new textures, try different whole grains. If you don't like one, try another, try different ways of preparing vegetables and getting more of them into your day. Make a rainbow of colorful plant foods on your plate so that can bring more of those phytonutrients in. So to reiterate, in the category of carbohydrates, aside from the milk or dairy products that have carbohydrates, the rest of them are going to be plant foods, fruits, vegetables, grains, cereals, beans, beans also, peas, nuts, seeds. Those are all plant foods and they're all part of the carbohydrate family of foods. And they're all wonderful and they're all delicious. And not only does our body need carbohydrates to survive, but they're yummy. And so enjoy them. And as always, thank God that he was so kind as to give us carbs. You know, we really should be thanking God for carbs. What is really better than that? I mean, in the food world. And now, and now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to answer the question that you actually want me to answer. I just wanted to give you a little background before I got here so it makes more sense. But the reason you're here, the reason you're listening is because you want this answer. You want me to answer, do carbs make me fat? Okay, here's your answer. Drum roll, please. No. No. Carbohydrates do not make you fat. And in order for you to believe me, I'm going to tell you what fat is on your body. To help you understand this better, you need to know that fat on your body, it's just the storage form of energy that you didn't use. And it's ready to be used when it's needed. It's ready to be used when you don't take in enough energy from your food at some point, someday, or even different times of your day. That's what fat is. So when I eat a lot of energy in the form of calories from our food, and I don't use up all of that amount of energy in my day, most of that is just spent on keeping you alive, but physical activity does use up energy as well. And if I don't use up all the energy, it's going to be stored for later use in the form of body fat. So it is a pretty cool thing. It's just that in our culture, we have so much readily available food and we have a lot more sedentary time. Uh, Right now I'm I'm sitting, I'm doing podcasts, I'm sitting. When I'm done with this, I'll be writing and I'll be typing and I'll be, you know, so I'm, I'm, most of my day is spent sitting. I have to make a very concerted effort to get up and get physical activity. But our culture as a whole has that one-two punch of a lot more food and a lot less movement or using up of energy. So we tend to store more of it. 
in order to gain fat, we have to consume more energy or calories than we're using. So whatever's extra gets stored, it doesn't matter if that extra energy came from protein or came from fats in my food or came from carbohydrates. My body doesn't know the difference. It just knows that it now has this much energy to use and it uses this much energy. Carbohydrates are not the reason that we're storing fat. It's our overall calories, overall amount of energy that we're taking in versus what we need at that time. So if we were to eat a little less than we needed to use up of any type of food, our body would then dig into our fat stores and convert that to the energy that we need. It's pretty simple when you think of it that way. And it's important for you to know it that way because your body is not like, oh, that's a carb that goes to the left buttock. No, it's not like, oh, that's protein. Let's get rid of all that fat over there. It's not that way at all. It all breaks down into molecules that your body doesn't know where they came from. It just uses them the same way. It doesn't matter what kind of food or energy you're putting into your body. It just matters whether or not you are eating more energy than your body needs or you're eating less energy than your body needs. That is what weight gain and weight loss are. Okay? As a little aside, Proteins and carbohydrates do contain the same amount of energy gram for gram, but when compared to a gram of fat, fat has more than twice the amount of energy. So we don't usually eat as much fat as we do carbohydrates anyway, but don't let that you know vilify fats. And we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks or maybe like three weeks or so. That doesn't make fat bad either. We need fat. Your body needs, needs, needs fat. So the answer to the big question is no carbohydrates do not make you fat. Some have different properties that can cause blood sugars to rise more quickly. Remember, we talked about those concentrated or added sugars. They get absorbed into the bloodstream very quickly. And again, that could be a concern for those who have diabetes, but it doesn't make you fat. That even doesn't make you fat. Okay. There's a metabolic disorder in diabetes that can lead to weight gain because of what's going on with the blood sugars and the inability to use it for energy. But that is a completely different topic and we don't really need to go there at this point in time. In the future, we could do a podcast on that. All right, so that is my diatribe on carbs. Just to summarize, carbohydrates are just molecules of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, and one of the only three fuel sources for your body. It's the ideal and most efficient source of glucose, which is what is fueling all the cells of your body. And of course, there are different types. There are the complex, which are very nutritionally rich, and the simple, which are not evil, but they just don't have as much of the nutrition in there, except for when they're in their naturally occurring forms of the fruits, vegetables, plant foods, the naturally occurring sugars that we mentioned. So now, how do we take all of this information and use it without without it becoming another enslaving food rule, another restrictive diet plan that we're now enslaved to. Well, let's think of it more as best practices. You know, a best practice using carbohydrates. What can you do? Well, first of all, you can use your wisdom and even self-control if that's what's required for you. And you can make choices to increase your nutrition and your carbohydrates if you choose to. But the specific foods you choose are not moral issues. Let's be careful of assigning moral value to these choices. Choosing white bread over whole wheat bread is not a sin. It doesn't call for guilt. It doesn't call for shame. It doesn't call for explanation. 
But if you would like to nourish your body in the way that it needs and help your body feel better throughout the day and especially over time as you practice these eating behaviors, you can then decide to incorporate this information. Do this in a healthful way with the right mindset. If you need some help with the mindset, you definitely want to be visiting CherylSharko.com. You want to be listening to the podcasts that have already been there. Read the blogs on the blog site at the website or schedule an appointment to work directly with me and we can go through this individualized care plan in a personal way together. You want to make sure your mindset is right and not enslaved before you start incorporating any new rules or even data. I hesitated even bringing this so early on in the podcasts, but I think these are basic building blocks of information. So I think they will be helpful. I just don't want you to use them as the new diet, the new enslavement. Okay. Also, it doesn't mean that 100% of the time you need to eat like this, just more, just increasing the amount of time, say that you choose a whole more natural form of a carbohydrate than a refined form. There's no need to eliminate all refined carbohydrates. Those are wonderful. Those are enjoyable. Those are chocolate, especially during the holiday season, which we are upon now at the time of this recording. Holidays and carbohydrates just seem to be intertwined and that's fine. But if you would like to have some tips on how to incorporate some of the more nutrient-dense, nutritious versions of the carbohydrates into your traditional holiday dishes without having a riot at the table. Now, mind you, sometimes it's just not even worth it because there'll be a riot at the table if you make any change. But if you would like to, then I created something I like to call a nutrition bump up. Now, when I do nutrition bump up, it's not for giving you a diet or an enslaving food rule to follow. It's just taking the nutrition science and the data and helping you incorporate it in a way that's enjoyable, in a way that helps your body to feel good and doesn't change your whole world and upend everything. It doesn't set you up for failure. This nutrition bump up I created specifically for Thanksgiving in November 2021 because it's found in the November 2021 newsletter, which you can sign up for at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com or the previously mentioned CherylSharko.com, and then go to the podcast page. Now, if you're already a newsletter subscriber, you don't need to do a thing. This will be sent directly to your email box with this month's newsletter. Again, this holiday bump up for carbs you can get by signing up for the monthly newsletter at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, but it's only available for the November 2021 newsletter. If you missed that and you're listening to this podcast later, don't worry. Every month, a newsletter has some goodie for you in it. Feel free to subscribe for it even now. So it's such a wonderful time of year to stop, to think about all God has done, all that we did not deserve that He's done for us. Then on top of that, He gives us wonderful gifts like food, like carbohydrates. So go ahead and enjoy them with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones. Be free of the faulty information that you're enslaved by. And until next time, Remember 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. See you soon. 